We're told to work hard, go to uni, get good grades, get a job, get promoted, get married, get pregnant, do the right things and happiness will arrive with retirement. We're told that birth is scary and that we can't do it without the presence of a doctor between our collective knees. The problem with this is that when we lead with fear, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. But what if we started to dismantle that status quo? What if we stopped letting fear stop us? What if we considered what brings us joy and how we can bring our passion to this world? That's where this podcast comes in. I'm your host, Leanne Burke, a Melbourne-based birth photographer, coffee addict, dog mum, and now occasional podcaster. This podcast is designed to share the stories of people living their lives by design in order to inspire you to do the same. Welcome to Exceptionally Ordinary, where we share tales of everyday magic. This is episode one, and today I'm talking to Megan Luscombe, who's a life and relationship coach. She's been featured with the likes of Nova, Cosmopolitan, The Huffington Post, and Triple J. I really wanted to talk to Megan about how she juggles her many passions without being overstretched. Oh, and Megan also does brilliant recaps of The Bachelor. So if you are a Bachelor fan, make sure you're following her on Instagram. I'll pop it on the show, in the show notes so that you can follow along. I really hope you enjoy this conversation. All right. Oh my gosh, are we mic'd? Are we live? We're ready. Woo! Yeah. Welcome to the show. I love this. Thank you for meeting with me today. Hey, I'm so glad to be part of this. I'm part of I'm the start. Yeah. I'm really, we're breaking the cherry today. The first <laughs> guest on the show. I love it. Woo. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. Pleasure. So let's start with a question around what you're currently reading. Is there something you've read recently? It doesn't have to be a book. It can mm-hmm. be a blog post. It can be an article. It can be an Instagram caption. Is there something that has come into your awareness recently that you want to talk about? Yes, it's something I've read, been reading. Been reading. Um, it's something I read a while ago, actually, but I keep going back to it. And it's the book called The Courage to Be Disliked. Mm. And this book's changed the fucking game, man. It's so good. It's so good. It's so confronting, but so great. Um, it's something that I think all women need to read. Mm-hmm. And I think all women need to read it from a place of we don't really have the courage to be disliked. Yeah. And we're not taught to stand in ourselves. We're taught to people please. We're taught to not rock the boat. We're taught to say what makes somebody else happy. Yeah. Maybe put yourself to the side. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying this is exclusively taught to women. I just believe society is always in the direction of making women feel like this. Obviously, there are probably some men who don't have the courage to be disliked. But um, I definitely resonate with it from... A whole life perspective so when I found this book the courage to be disliked which is a really informative yet approachable book it's not um it's not theoretical which mm-hmm. I love yeah because coming from a psychology background I'm used to reading everything that was like in statistics and this is how many people in this group measured yeah. this and this is really it's a conversational book about a philosopher talking to his student about his trigger points in 
life and why he is uncomfortable being disliked. Okay. And reading that book just highlighted to me all of the areas in my life where I'm like, oh, this scaredy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like me. Like yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is there a particular area that comes to mind when you say that mm. that you're willing to share? Yeah, absolutely. No, I'm definitely always happy to talk about. I think one thing that I live my whole life by is if I work in the realm that I do and expect people to be transparent with me, then I need to be transparent with people. And I find it really hard when it comes to, uh, I want my clients to love me. Mm -hmm. I just love me. Just love me. Tell me I'm great. (laughs) And they actually can't tell me anything like that because that's just weird. Um, So uh, I really struggle in that. I struggle from that that validation standpoint to be able to know that my clients are satisfied with what I'm giving them. Yeah. Because usually I work with clients for six months and then at the end of it, they'll be like, oh my God, this is great. But in the... Yes, the sticky middle middle bits. I'm sort of in this like realm of, am I doing a good job? Um, You know, I've also felt, you know, um, vulnerable when it comes to friends. You know, I want people to like me when I meet new people. I always put on this sort of like me, Megan, like this like me, Megan. And uh, I think over the last probably six to 12 months, I've really started to shed that. And that's because of this book. Wow. Yeah, okay. Exactly. That's big. Like, and that's when if I'm yeah. talking about a book, like that's yeah big. And so, I think they're the areas where I really struggle personally to go. Do I want these people to like me because it's necessary, or do I want these people to like me because I'm a good person? Yeah. Like. And there's also something around just flipping the switch mm-hmm. and being like. Do I like these people? (laughs) Yeah, and that's exactly right. Yeah. But that's what it is a lot of the time, I think. A lot of the time it's, but wait, do I like them? Yeah. You know, and at the end of the day, I don't, there are people that I don't like. Yeah. And it doesn't mean I don't respect them. Yeah. It just means we don't gel and that's cool. And I don't think anything else of them. So why do I get in my head that they will be thinking more of it? Do you know what I mean? Yes. And that was the constant battle that I was having, this just comparison battle of, are yeah. they still thinking about me? Yeah. And then I was like, oh, Megan, get your fucking head out of your ass. <laughs> like, of course yeah. they're not thinking about you. Like, do you know what I mean? Yes, So definitely. So, you know, it's been a six to 12 month journey of, yeah. whereas now I'm like, I'm good. Yeah. So it took six That's... to 12 months of, you know, diving deep. Yeah. But this book started that. Right. So this book really set me on that yeah mm. that's amazing and I think the other thing is that um you were kind of saying before like do my clients like me obviously I want them to like me I want to know I'm doing a good job mm-hmm. that's the other part about running your own business is that <laughs> yeah. like when you're in a corporate environment you have like KPIs and you know yeah. if you're hitting them mm-hmm. and, and you your boss to, is telling you yeah, yeah you get that constant your colleagues feedback are like you're doing a good job awesome mm-hmm. on your own you're like <laughs> I have no idea. Um, you're like looking at a dog. You're like, hey, good job, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah thank you. Exactly. Or you're playing the comparison game on yep. Instagram where you don't know all the factors. Uh-huh. You're not on a level playing field. That's right. And you're like, am exactly. I as good as them? They're yep. beating me. Why have they got exactly. so many followers? How can I get as many followers as them? Do followers even matter? I don't know. Exactly. <laughs> there are 3,000 people liking that post. Does that mean they have 3,000 clients? Like what's going on here? Exactly. Yeah. Yep. That comparison trap. Social media. Thank you very much. You've definitely yeah. led us down the rabbit hole there. And I think I think that's one thing I'm always conscious of, that social media is a highlight reel. 
Yeah. There is very few sure. people who use social media in a transparent way, which is why yeah. I find myself being so down the line with my social media because I want people to go, oh, you know, fuck. Like Megan's had a bad, like bad day. Yeah. Bad moment. Like, yeah. Because that's real. That's reality. Yeah. I don't want people to think that I'm kicking goals every second, you know, of my yeah. life because I'm not. And that wouldn't make you a good coach. And it would <laughs> maybe a horrible coach. Yeah. And they're the coaches that are like, I can promise you seven figures in 10 months. And, you know what I mean? <laughs> 10 like, whole months. I want like a 10 know? step, five day process. You know what I mean? Like, yes. Those are the coaches where yeah. I'm like, ooh, no. Yeah, steer clear. Steer very clear. Absolutely clear. Avoid them completely. But I think it's comparison is the thief of joy. Yes, definitely. And I feel like for me, I definitely find it tricky to find the balance between like sharing what's real and sharing the hard stuff Mm -hmm. without also boring people. (laughs) Like, you know, this is a business channel for me. It's Mm -hmm. about photography and particularly birth photography. And I don't necessarily want people to log in and be like, oh, like I feel drained (laughs) because Leanne's having a bad day. (laughs) (laughs) There's just need, we need to find that little bit of middle ground Mm -hmm. between things aren't perfect and that's okay and like here is what we can do with that yeah it is it's really I think that's actually really interesting because I think we sometimes think to ourselves that we owe our online community parts of us and like oh we need to be more transparent we need to be more this like we owe it to them and these people don't know you at all yeah like there is a handful of people who follow me who I legitimately know. I've seen them like right now. I'm you and I are in person, yeah. and obviously we met from an online space. Yeah. But now we have a reality. So now I go actually no. There's a there's a relationship here now. So this is a reality now. Whereas the people who I have no idea that are you know in America, they're in England. You know, like yeah. these are people actually owe I owe nothing on a relationship standpoint. I can only just be who I am, and they get whatever I'm giving them. Yes. And I think it's really important that we don't jump into this realm of I'm doing this for my followers. Yes. <laughs> like, like yeah. really? Like, you know, we always, we all have those people on Facebook that are like, I am so angry. You know who you are. Oh yeah. I know. You're <laughs> like, like, maybe you need uh, to call that person. Jump off, Karen. Jump off. Like, don't put that on Facebook yes. or Instagram. Like, yes. you know, and I'm always so mindful that there has to be a bit more like, aim for social media like there's had to there's got to be a target there's got to be a message yes. that you're conveying and yes. and i'm a very big believer with my own content that i post for purpose like yeah post for purpose that's it like yeah. if if i don't have anything to say i'm not going to post awesome <laughs> like i'm not just going to be like putting up something just for the fuck of it like i don't yeah. stick to an algorithm of got to do it three times a day yeah got to be engaging yeah use the right hashtags yeah i'm just like no fuck ask that. the right questions <laughs> no yeah half the time people don't fucking read anyway yeah <laughs> like so how many true. times do you see people liking an image and like they've missed the whole like yeah. concept of the image yeah like the, the text is so upsetting yeah and people are like yay good job and yeah you're like, and you're like, did um, you read no <laughs> <laughs> did you read any of that yes so oh, true yeah, social media God, what have you done to us? Although I think you shared recently, it was probably a Brene Brown quote around like the people who have earned the right to hear our story. Yes. And I think that kind of, again, people can take Brene Brown out of context. They haven't read the books. They've heard the quote, vulnerability. Oh my gosh. Be more vulnerable. <laughs> P.S. though, if you haven't heard Brene Brown, get that shit happening in yes. your life because 
Game changer. Girl, love you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you ever somehow listen to this podcast, Brene. <laughs> Brene Brown is where it's at. Yeah, where it's at. Um, yeah, and I think we kind of have this almost performative vulnerability on the flip side of that. So then there's this aspect of the highlights real, but mm-hmm. also the vulnerability, but that we've shaped in a specific way yes. for our audience. Yes. And I think it's just important to remember that... Mm. Yeah, it's only a section of the story. And Absolutely. Yeah, I, and I think it's really important that we always keep in check what are we posting for? Yeah. Like, is this for you or is it yeah. for your followers? Yeah. You know, like, at the end of the day, if you need to be vulnerable, it's working out, is this vulnerability for yourself or are you demonstrating vulnerability so other people can grow? Yes. Such an important Yeah, and there's a massive distinction between yeah. the two and I think that's what's what's happening right now to the point where people think oversharing is vulnerability yes and it's not and i'm like no hun you're just oversharing yeah like that's just tmi yeah that's it that's not being vulnerable yeah you know being vulnerable is 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 terrifying yeah like real vulnerability is like i'm gonna put this out on the table and i'm scared it might change your perception of me yeah like that's vulnerability yeah like vulnerability isn't like i had a really shit day and i just wanted to share it with you yeah like we all have shit days yeah like vulnerability is taking the worst part of yourself putting it in front of everybody and being like okay this is where it's at this is it this is who i am and yeah this is scary and that's i mean i suppose that's Brene brown right there putting her worst self in moments of her life out for the whole world to judge yes because at the end of the day that's what the whole world's going to do yeah and um i don't think people on social media are really ready for that type of vulnerability no, i no, think they dance not. around vulnerability yeah but to really be vulnerable is to basically jump out of a plane without a fucking parachute yes <laughs> it's terrifying yeah it's terrifying yeah and i don't know if many people in social media land are able to reconcile that or really deal with that i mean we tell people to be vulnerable but we tell them very superficial things to be vulnerable about. Yeah. Talk about how hard it is running a business. I'm fucking yeah. okay. We know that. Yeah. Like, yes. But how about talk about the fact that you and your husband haven't talked for three weeks? Yeah. How about talk about the fact you can't connect to your kids? Yeah. Like, let's yeah. talk about some real vulnerabilities here. Like, you yeah. know, talk about the fact that you had an affair. Yeah. Like, what got you there? That's fucking vulnerable. Yes. Like, you know, Definitely. like, I think we need to step into true vulnerability. Yeah. And, that's sort of missing a bit. And I think Brene Brown is talking about that vulnerability. Yeah. And I think everybody else is just like, yeah, you know, like it's really hard running a business. Like it is really hard and I feel really lonely. And you go, yeah, that's, that's scary too. But yeah, it's not that vulnerable. Mm. You don't feel like you're running, like jumping out of a plane without a parachute when you say that. Yeah. Yeah. Because so many people relate to that. So that's a, that's a building tool. I get that. And I love that. Yes. But, you know, to go out on a limb and to extend yourself to somebody else and share parts of yourself that maybe you're not ready to face yet, that to me is true vulnerability. Yeah. Like, not that there's a competition on who's the most vulnerable, no. but I just feel like working in the area that I work, yeah. my vulnerabilities are like, you book a session to talk about it because you don't want to talk to your friends about it. Yeah. Like that's vulnerability where you're like, I can't show up to my friends or my mum or my dad or my partner with this yet. Because yeah. I'm fucking terrified of what that outcome is. Yes. That's terrifying. Yes. Yeah. They work you through that shame before you can share it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Vulnerability, shame, like yeah. hand in hand, right? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Ugh. All right. So let's change gear a little bit mm-hmm. and talk about how you 
became such a multi-potentialite. <laughs> you got your singing mm-hmm. career, so you do weddings. Yes. Yep, do weddings. You've got the creators market. Yep. You've got doula. Yep. Relationship coach. Yep. Slash life coach. Mm-hmm. Have I got them all? No, and I've just launched another event. Woohoo! Bites and beats. So talk about doing way too many things. People would probably say I have classic avoidance issues. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, when I was growing up, my uh, dad said to me, do a lot of little things and you'll never be bored. Yeah. Um, what he missed was do a lot of little things and you'll also never have time to do anything personal for yourself. <laughs> um, I think I took him way too literally. Yes. <laughs> um, but I suppose I've always wanted to help people. That has mm-hmm. been my ethos my whole life I've always been the person where my friends would go to to talk to I've always been the person that my you know family would come to for you know my emotional support I'm from a massive family and I worked in events when I was putting myself through university and studying so I think I've just merged a lot of the things that I've done in life and now professionally work in them singing for me is something that I've done my whole life just as a personal like hobby I've played piano since I was six so for me it was just I love doing it. Like, why not? Why not get paid to do something you love, right? Like, yeah. and for me, singing is not a profession that I would go. I do it professionally mm-hmm. because I only maybe sing maybe once or twice a month. So mm-hmm. for me, it's still fun. You know, I'm not. I'm not like a burned out muso yes, who's okay. like. You know what I mean? Because I monetize my passion and now I hate it. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like yep. the rest of us have gone. Oh, I love doing this so much, and now I freaking am so frustrated by it. Like for me, music. It's that separate part of my brain where I get to show up to gigs yeah. and I get to have a lot of fun and I get to leave it there. Yes. And I get to wake up the next morning and I'm in my professional job, which is a relationship coach or I'm on a weekend or I'm running a market. So I suppose my I exercise both my left and my right brains. Yeah. But doing it all it comes at an epic cost. And I think over the past year, I realized that it was just massive fatigue and burnout Mm -hmm. and I just wasn't emotionally available for myself. Yeah. Like I was doing all the right things. Like my clients were getting the best of me for the market. My, you know, storeholders are getting the best of me, but I wasn't getting the best of me. I was just like candle both ends. Yeah. Like there was no freaking wax. Like it was just like this little singed (laughs) out, like fucking string, like black and sooty. Um, But I do love all the things that I do. Like I love them. I love working with people. I love coaching. I love, now that I'm doing workshops, like I fucking love it. Yeah. And I suppose I just worked out over the past six to 12 months that I still wanted to be able to do it all, but in a capacity that allowed me to still breathe. So I employed someone to run the markets, Yeah. somebody who I'm close with and I trust. So now I still run behind the scenes of the market, but I don't need to be there on the days. So yes. now I've got that flexibility and freedom. Yeah. So now I can show up more in my coaching because that's what I breathe. Like I yep. love it so much. Like I can't even explain how much I love it. Like last night I was in my kitchen with my wife and I just ran up to her and I gave her the biggest hug and I was like, I fucking love my job so much. <laughs> and she was like, okay. Yeah, babe. I know. <laughs> She's like, okay. Like she does a little pat on the back. Like, yeah, yeah we get it. We get it. I was like, it's so good. I've got the best clients. <laughs> And the thing is, in my room, like, I can't talk about my clients. Yes. So that's all I get to say. Yeah. So I'm like, I fucking love my job. And she's like, yeah. Cool. That's good. And then I'm just going to cut it. Like, there's nobody I can talk to. I can't be like, so, client this, client that. Like, I can't talk about it. So 
for me, my realm of work is very personal. Yes. So I can only talk to my clients about their yeah. progress. So yeah. I suppose the fact that I get to sing and I get to run the market is great because they're parts of my life that I can, can share. share. And I suppose that's why I have them. Yeah. Because I can talk about them. Yeah. And I Oh, feel, that's so interesting. Yeah, because I feel like this coaching world is such a confidential personal realm yeah. and I love that because trust to me is everything yeah. in life and I love that my clients put their trust in me and vice versa and I I I have spent my life building trust with people and showing that trust is important so when I get to step into being a manager again on a weekend for a market, I love that I can just talk about that for like three days. Yeah. <laughs> because there's nothing binding me to anybody. Like yeah. I can talk about everything. So I suppose maybe that's, and just saying that out loud is just something that I've gone, actually, that makes a lot of sense. There you go. I just had a self-discovery. <laughs> so, but yeah, I do a lot of things. Yeah. And it keeps me very, it keeps my life very full. And so what is the plan moving forward to make sure that you don't end up back at that burn up, burnout stage? Mm. Like, how are you, how's that process for you at yeah. the moment? So I sat down probably about six months ago and I was like, what do I want my life to look like? like because in the next, you know, in the next year, I want to start doing... That's amazing. Like, I don't think that many people do that. I don't think many yeah. people sit down and think, what do I actually want my day-to-day mm. life to look like? So I'm so glad that you did that. Yeah, like I sat down and I was yeah. like, what do I want it to look like? Like, you know, but, and these are things that I work with clients about. Like, yeah. what are you envisaging your life to look like? Yeah. Are you like a bystander in life? Like, you're just yeah. going to let shit go on? Yeah. Or are you like, you the driver here? Yeah. And at the end of the day, I'm the driver. I'm the driver. Yeah. Like, I'm the fucking captain here. Yeah. I get to call the shots. And, yeah. you know, obviously life happens and circumstances are thrown at us that we can't control, but I can still navigate. Yeah. So I was like, okay, what do I want it to look like? In the next year, you know, I want to start IVF again with my wife. So, yeah. you know what? putting that emotional mix into my life now, which is markets, gigs, clients, like no way that's not going to work because that's going to make me too emotional. And I'm going to have to dedicate at least 40 more percent of my emotional time to my own needs. So it means I won't be able to do these markets. So what can I do to alleviate that? Okay. I need to employ someone. Holy fuck. What does that look like? So I sit down with, I buy somebody's time for two and a half hours who is a professional in the area and like a mentor and I go, okay, how do I alleviate some time here? And I suppose that is one of the biggest things in my life. I, I know I can't do it all and I'm not shy to go to someone for help yeah. and pay for that help. Yeah. Like I don't, I'm the type of person where if I can't do something, I will gladly be like, hey, you <laughs> step in and help me out because yeah. I'm drowning right now or I'm yeah. about to. Yeah. And that's what I did with the market and my coaching. I employed somebody to start taking over the actual running of the markets. Yeah. Because that would mean three Saturdays a month now I'm, I'm back in I'm back in the game. Yeah. And awesome. it now means that moving forward I have somebody who I can rely on. And yeah. you know, and she's one of my good friends and she's a working mum yeah. and you know, I, I trust that she has my best interests at heart. And yeah. you know, and that was a big deal for me to just outsource that. Yeah. Um but I think the one thing that I really think people need to realize when it comes to doing it all is you need to be able to take a step back and go, it's not about, it's not necessarily doing it. I think doing it all makes it sound very martyrish. Yeah, it does. Fucking does it all. But doing it all for me was doing the things that I loved. Yeah. So it wasn't like I was taking on everybody else's shit. Yeah. Doing it all for me was doing all the things in my life that were important. 
Yeah. So there's a big distinction, I think, between like yeah. those two things. Yeah. Um, it wasn't a all of it for me was running a market, doing my clients, being a singer, and um, trying to get another event off the ground. So there's really only there's four things when you break it down. Yeah. So for me, it was going, what's a priority in those things? Where do I position them? What do I want my life to look like in a year? Yeah. And I worked backwards from there. Yeah. I was like, okay, I need more time here. So let's see what I can fix here. Yeah. Um, let's take two days off a week when it comes to my coaching. So your clients are going to get the best of you. Yeah. Um, you know, so it was just... And your personal life too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, you know, I live in Mornington Peninsula. I live right next to a beach. Like, and I'm yeah. not seeing enough of it. Yeah. Like, I need to be going, you know, two days a week. Like, I'm going for a drive. Like, yeah. experiencing my own backyard. Yeah. And I think it wasn't until, you know, you really sit down and take stock of your life. And, you know, like my relationship, fucking guns. So good. Like, mm-hmm. I don't need to worry about that. Yeah. Like, friendships, fucking amazing. Don't need to worry about that. So it was just an opportunity for me to sit down and go, okay, what do I want for the next 12 months? That's within my control, taking into consideration shit's going to happen in six months yeah. that I can't, yeah. I can't predict. And just working backwards from there. Yeah. I love that. And I also think it's important to note that the reason why your relationship and your friendships are fucking awesome and you don't need to worry about them is because you've done that work on yourself oh, to get to this stage. Absolutely. Where now they're not... Mm. They're, you no longer need to focus on them because you know they're going to thrive Well, that's exactly, yeah. yeah. That's, funnily enough, that's the biggest question I get in my DMs, probably yeah. about seven to ten times a week. Do you think that your relationship is better because you're a relationship coach? Oh. And my answer is always the same. My, my relationship isn't better because I'm a coach. It's better because I've done the work. Yeah. It's got nothing to do with my profession. Yeah. I would have done this work regardless. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's got, you know, like people have this like, like people might turn around to you and go, if you have a family and you have a baby, like they'll go, are you going to do your own birth photography? Like, cause you're the, you're the professional. Like, do you think that your birth photography is better because you've had a baby or, yeah. you know, and it's just like, no, you do the work. Yeah. Like you've already done the work. Like, yes. And it's all about just doing the work. Yeah. And that's why I don't need to focus on my relationships because they're fucking rocking. Yeah. Like, cause I've done the work. Yeah. And so that means I can focus on other aspects of my life. Yeah. And you know, I pop in every now and then with my relationships to keep nurturing yeah, that fire and keep doing it, <laughs> yeah. but they don't need to be my focus because I know I know that I've stoked the fire enough for the yeah. next, you know, two, three weeks that I can just pop back in in three weeks yeah. and restoke, which is great because, yes. you know, I think relationships make us thrive as people. Yeah. You know, we all want communication and solidarity from people. We love our friends. We love our family. And I think it's nice to be able to know that they're not the pressure points in life for me. Yes. So it means I can really focus on singing, running a business, running an event, you know, so it's nice. And do you have any other passions outside of what we've already covered? Like, is there anything else where you're like, I just wish I had a little bit more time to devote to? Mm. I, uh, I love to, (laughs) this has been like one of my biggest like wants in life. And I've always wanted to do this. I want to, (laughs) so weird. I feel like it's such a strange thing to want, but I want to be able to understand how to mix spices. Okay. (laughs) Such a weird thing, right? It's such a weird, but I've wanted to do this my whole life. And like, I love food and I love cooking and I, I'm all about chili and I love heat, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but I have no concept of this cardamom goes with this or this goes with that. And one of my sisters Mm -hmm. is so good at it. Yeah. Fucking drives me crazy. (laughs) But I mean, I benefit from it because she gives me yes. advice. <laughs> but I, 
I wish that, I don't necessarily wish, I, I know that I need to carve out more time for something that just personally interests me. Yes. And I find that I just get, I get myself really caught up in focusing on how I can help somebody else or yep. what else I can do for other people in my life. And yep. I sort of neglect that little yeah. that little part of me that really wants to be a spice master. Yeah. <laughs> I love that though. Like, I think I those really whispers are that. really important. Mm. Like, and sometimes you're like, I don't know why I want to do this, yeah, but, but it's just really do. important. I want to be able to understand. <laughs> like, you know, when you like watch a cooking, you're like, I'm like a master chef junkie. Yeah. I'm obsessed with it. And my yeah. mum and I watch it all the time and I watch it with my wife as well. And just how they can like get a recipe mm. and they already know like, oh yeah, garlic, chili, shallots. Yeah. And I'm like, how do you, how, what? Yeah. How do you know that that goes? What the yeah. fuck? <laughs> like for me, I'm like, I want to know that stuff. <laughs> so for me, it's been, it's on my actual goal list for my personal goals this year. Cause I always set myself like six personal goals. That's that, a lot of personal goals. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So I set myself six personal goals in yep. a year that. Um, one of them is to take a cooking class this year. Yeah. Yeah, going to do it. And I yeah. think I might like, it might be like my Christmas present to myself. Yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah, like a Thai cooking class. Yeah. Because I'm obsessed with like Thai food. So I feel like that'll be a good yeah. opportunity. And I just need to dedicate to doing it. But I put it on a list and I'm a list crosser. I'm a list ticker. Uh-huh. So I know that I'll definitely do it. Yes. But it's July now. We're in July yet? No, in two weeks in July. Yeah, <laughs> nearly. Mean, We're getting very close. I haven't actually yet, so <laughs> I really need to get onto that. <laughs> There's still time. Six months. You've got plenty of time. You've got six months. Okay. That's, that's... Well, I've put it out there now to you, so now I've got someone who's going to go so many. Public accountability. <laughs> have, you, have you booked that cooking session yet? So, yes. That's my little personal thing. I love it. Thing. Yeah. And do you cook a lot? Yeah. yeah. I love cooking. I yeah. love cooking so much. I like dream of have being in a bigger house with like a double oven. Yeah. Yeah. Like I yep. love, I'm a savory cook. My yep. wife's a. Oh, that's know, a perfect my balance. My wife's a sweet cook. Yeah. I love She's it. She's all about the baking. Yeah. I'm all about like, what can we do with these vegetables? And yeah. Can I whole bake a cauliflower? And like, yeah. Yeah. Just. And are you a recipe person or are you more of a go with your gut? Um, I haven't really thought about it, but I feel like I want to be, uh, I know these work. I yes. want to be a. I want, and this is where I think the spices things come in because yeah. I want to be able to go, oh, I know these flavors work together. Let's chuck that in. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. I want to be like that. But I, I feel that. like right now I'm probably more recipe focused. Yes. Mm. Oh, that's so interesting. Mm. I need to sort of get into the bit more freedom. But that's what yeah. will happen with the spice when I learn the spices from the Thai. I'm just going to be like, I know these flavors work. Boom. But also, like, what if they don't work and you just throw them together? Like, <laughs> this is the thing that <laughs> I love about <laughs> this is the thing I love about cooking. Like, what's the worst that could happen? It's terrible, and we get Uber Eats. Yeah. Like, it's mm, okay. That's true, actually. It's okay. It's not a big deal. Yeah, like, if you deal, get the right? balance wrong, I know. Or... <laughs> I know. It's so true. Hey, like, we've got so much food at our freaking doorstep. Yeah. Like, there's so much available. Like, yeah. If you stuff it up, you're gonna be okay. <laughs> Whereas my um. I'm very much an intuitive cook. Like I'll read the recipe, but that's like just a suggestion just a and I'll do whatever <laughs> yeah. I want. And my husband exactly. will be like, it said a teaspoon. <laughs> like, Why are you putting in a cup? It's a recommendation. <laughs> Don't even worry. It's just a guide, babe. Just a guide. Just, just there to give you a bit of a hint. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It no, is it's like a suggestion. Yeah, that's and right. Take it and take do as whatever you want. You want. Yeah, take as you want. Disregard it all if you like. <laughs> Yeah, it says at the bottom, like in an asterisk, results may vary. <laughs> My results yeah. definitely vary. Definitely vary. Sometimes I ace it and he'll be like, oh, can we have that again? And I'll be like, 
I have no idea what I, I don't did. know what I did. Oh my gosh, that's <laughs> I exactly how my mum is. My mum would never follow a recipe, and I'd be like, "Oh my god, can you make that again?" And she'd be like, "No, no, sorry, no, one off, <laughs> one off only." <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> so, in moments of doubt and resistance, yes, do you have any rituals that you turn to for comfort? Mm. Yeah, I definitely do. I in when I'm instantaneously doing something and there's something triggered in me that's like whoa don't do this this is scary this is new or you're gonna fail or this won't work or they won't like you or whatever bullshit comes into my brain I take 10 minutes I stop myself and I take 10 minutes to really decide what's going on in my head um it's like a reaction thing Mm -hmm. because instantaneously if we doubt something we automatically go no don't do it and I think those moments can be some of our best moments in life. Like okay. I, I truly believe that everything good exists on the other side of fear. Yes, I hate that quote because it's so yeah, damn true right? and I yeah. don't want it to be. Right, but it is. Like it is yeah. so true. And I always remind myself that when I'm in these moments of like doubt or resistance, like what is it that I'm actually resisting? Is it me growing? Yeah. Is it a new opportunity that I just haven't done before? Yeah. Like I think a lot of us come into life going, I don't want to do something unless I know I'm great at it. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to do something if there is a chance that it may not work out. And I embrace those moments now mm-hmm. because I'm like, well, fuck, you're going to fall or, f- fall or fly, yeah. fall or fly. But to me, if I fall, and there's a lot of times where I fall, yeah. I'm fucking falling flat on my ass. Yeah. But I don't look at any of those moments as mistakes. Mm-hmm. I suppose I'm quite forgiving of opportunities like that. I, I don't look at anything in my life as a failure. Yeah. I think there is no failure if there's a lesson. Yeah. And if you learn, there's no failure. Like because everything that has gone wrong has made me become right. Like yeah. in my life. Yeah. So when I go into a moment of discomfort or I go into a moment of doubt, I always think to myself, Well, you're in, you've been in loads of these moments before and yeah. you've come out the other side or they've made you better. So take ten minutes to just go, you know, prevent protect, which yes. you know is something that I am the massive that's like massive slogan in my life, prevent protect. Is Can this, you just recap that? Mm, so bit? prevent and protect is like a little slogan that I have in my life when it comes to self-sabotage, when it comes to moments of doubt, you know, insecurity. Am I preventing myself from being better mm-hmm. or am I preventing myself from getting to the next part of my life or the next stage of my career or the next opportunity or is what I'm doing protecting me from a, a bad moment? Yeah. Like is what's happening negative and I can see that. Yeah. So am I going into protection mode because I need to be going into protection mode because obviously there are some circumstances in life where we will know, nah, red flag, yes. get out, get out. Yeah. But the other side of that is the prevent. Like am I actually just scared? Yes. So it's distinguishing those two and a lot of people will reconcile that prevent, protect to intuition and gut feelings. Yeah. And they will go, oh, my gut's telling me. And I always tell people it's really important to remember that fear and excitement exist in the exact same platform in your body. Yeah. So They feel totally the same. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So it's so important that when it comes to moments of doubt and discomfort that we go, am I feeling fear, excitement? Am I feeling intuition? Or am I just fucking terrified? And that's completely fine. Or am I really excited? Yeah. Like, you know, am I really excited for this next opportunity and you know i mean life's fucking scary i mean god i don't think we'd be human if we weren't scared yeah 
But I mean, yeah. I think there's something about that, um, like the voice kind of going off in your head, the inner critic mm-hmm. that really starts to arc up as you step outside of that comfort zone. Absolutely. And like, I found it helpful to remind myself, like the presence of that voice mm-hmm. means that you are stepping outside of it. Like this is a positive sign. Absolutely. You're making progress. You're doing something new. You're oh, trying something absolutely. a little bit bigger. It's a good thing. A hundred percent. Thank you, annoying like, voice. I'm going to do it anyway. Exactly. <laughs> because like right now, as we all exist on a conscious level, our unconscious brain is anchoring every experience we've ever had in our life. Mm-hmm. So everything that's ever happened to you, your unconscious brain has packed that in you and it's packed in little compartments and it's going, I'm going to protect you, Leon. I'm going to protect you from everything that's going to come at you. I'm going to keep doing that. So when a new experience comes, your unconscious brain goes, whoa, alarm bells, alarm bells, alarm bells. That might hurt. That might hinder. Let's not do that. Terrifying, terrifying. Yeah. But your conscious brain is the one that's going, hey, unconscious, shut the fuck up. I've got this. <laughs> we're like, going to do, do it. And then you do it. And then that then gets lodged into your unconscious mind. So you've created a new like synapse, a new pathway. So I love that. And that's what it's about doing. So it's yes. about... Every day when you come to a crossroad, a doubt, your conscious mind and your unconscious mind are literally battling out. And your conscious brain, when it goes through to a new action, it starts rewiring the synapses in your brain for the unconscious mind. And the unconscious mind is what's going on. Your unconscious brain is always working. It's always always active. Like as we talk, it's always active. It's always making sure that we're doing the right thing, saying the right thing, not falling into bad patterns. But the thing is, your unconscious brain is hardwired to negative. It's hardwired to go protect you, protect you. Yeah. Because we're humans. We need protection. Yeah. <laughs> so I always remind myself in moments like that who that it's just opposing parts of my brain that are fighting against each other. And like you just said, you just got to take that step out because yeah. you know what, unconscious? I'm going to do it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm going to do it and That's we're going to see what happens. That's where all the good stuff is. Exactly. Yeah. That's where the good stuff is. Yeah. You know, and I always remind myself that everything – in life it's hard because it's worthwhile yeah and if it was easy everybody would do it yeah and the, i'm the person who's going it's not easy but fuck it's great yeah so do it and you know like come to the other side like yes yeah. you know like there's a reason why we get fomo we get jealousy we get all these things about other people it's because they decided yes. that life is good over here yeah and you know and i'm a big advocate that yeah life is fucking great over here yeah was it challenging to get here was it scary (laughs) was i like freaking you know butterflies in my stomach feeling so anxious and apprehensive absolutely do i still have moments like that absolutely yeah but it's still better over here (laughs) yes totally and i think it's good to use your use jealousy as a barometer for success Mm -hmm. like if you see someone and you've got the fomo and you want to be like that and that person has got the perfect life well like pull it apart and be like what does that perfect life actually mean and what do they have that i want exactly and what would that look like for me and exactly those steps to get there exactly 100 percent. and also remembering that you know jealousy can be used as such an amazing opportunity to grow yeah if you have the ability to dissect it yeah yourself and not yeah. blame somebody else yeah jealousy can be a great motivator for personal growth yeah and i think that's all about like that's when you engage a coach <laughs> because absolutely. sometimes when you're in it on your own mm-hmm. you can't see it absolutely but having someone like you to work with yeah and it's and that's why i'm always a massive advocate when it comes to clients and i always say to people don't talk 
to your friends necessarily about everything that you're battling against. Yeah. Only because our friends, whilst they mean so well, yeah. they project their own experience onto you and what yep. they would do in a situation. Yeah. And whilst, of course, our friends love us and yeah. they want the best for us, it's really important that our friends, if we are turning to them, they're able to take their bias out yeah. and go, well, this may not work for me, but it might work for you. Yeah. Like, and I think that's what happens when people work with a coach or you go to a therapist, you go to somebody yeah. else, you're working with someone who isn't projecting their life experience onto you. They're saying to you, what do you want? Yes. And how do we make that happen? Yes. And I think that's the big differentiation between good friendships and great friendships. Great friendships are the ones who hold you accountable yeah. to the standard you set for your life, not the standard that they expect. Yes. Does that make sense? Yes, it definitely yeah. does. And again, a really big, important distinction. Mm. Um, tell me about some of the ways that you elevate your everyday. Oof. I think I elevate my, like my everyday and what I'm doing. I, it comes down to just my my life plans, my yeah. my accountability to myself. I think yeah. I'm always checking in with myself and what I want. Yeah. Um, you know, like I map out my years, like yeah. what I want to do, like you know, be it a personal goal, a professional goal, or just be it, you know, like I just said to you, I want to do a bloody cooking class. Like yeah. you know, I'm always consistently checking in every single day that something that I've done is going to ultimately benefit me and my future self. Yes. Like, do you know what I mean? Like that's yes. how I elevate every day yep. so at the end of every single day i would have done something that will help future megs like i love that yeah so and that's a small stuff like it can be a small thing for me like you know like i may like clean my house like a fucking machine yep. on a monday because yep. i know that for the next two weeks yep. that's one thing i don't need to focus on yeah so for me you know elevating self isn't necessarily about like doing the big massive things yes. it's about the like the little things like yeah. You know, like I'm doing something that has a positive impact on me in the future. Yeah. Yeah. So I love that. It is just little I stuff. That. I heard recently a James Clear quote mm -hmm. and he's talking about, um, I won't, I won't try to quote it directly because <laughs> I know that I'll butcher it, uh, but I'll put it in the show notes. Uh, but essentially what he's saying is instead of being concerned with success, you should be concerned with the trajectory of where your life is going. Yeah, absolutely. And that is like, oh, that's it makes so, true. so much sense. Yeah, it does. That's that really, really good. really is what's important. Mm -hmm. These things build on each other. And it's nice to know that if you're happy where you are, then you'll also be happy where you're going. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think, I think for me, it's never been – I've never based success on – what something would look like yes i've always based success on what it felt like boom yeah and for me that's what it's about i'm emotion yeah. based anyway that's why i live my life and for me success for me is how i'm feeling at the end of the day am i going yeah. to bed feeling happy like yeah. for me it's never been a bank account it's never yeah. been like a monetary figure yeah. i've never gone i know i will be successful when i've made xyz yes. Because you're never going to get there. Yeah, that's right. For me, yeah. it's not a – my journey in life isn't a monetary journey. My yeah. journey is a personal journey where I know that what I'm doing is helping people yeah. or, or a person or, yeah. you know, for me, that's success for me where I go to bed at night going, I did something today that helped someone else. Yes. And that can be like a minor little thing. It may not even be a client. It may be my partner, my family, yeah. a friend. Maybe me. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, it's that's success for me. And I think people need to understand that success looks very – very very different to people yeah and measuring your success by somebody else's is just fruitless 
Yeah. And I think there's a ripple effect too, isn't it? Because if you do something, a tiny thing that helps a client or your partner yeah. or whoever it is, and then, but that has a flow on effect Absolutely. into the lives of others. Absolutely. And I think that those, it's actually those little things that really are a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think more people just need to focus on those. Appreciating the little things. Yeah. It's not all about the grand gestures. No. It's not all about the big fucking moments. Yeah. Like the little moments are what actually is accumulating to the big moments. Yes. Like you wouldn't have the big moment if you didn't have the thousand small yeah. little little intricate details that actually got you to the big. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Celebrating the small. That's what exceptionally ordinary is all about. Well, that is. That's yeah. it. I mean, that's, yeah. there are exceptional moments that we're yeah. just not honing in on. Yeah. You know, like I put up a post the other day about my podcast of mine, 2000, 2000 like listeners to one podcast. Amazing. Amazing achievement. Like amazing. But I, it is something that people might go, well, 2000 isn't a lot for somebody, for yeah. somebody that sure. may, that may be so insignificant. Yeah. But that might, they may listen to that and go, you know, that's not even anything like whatever. Yeah. But for me, that's exceptional. Yeah. And it's such a little moment, yeah. like in the big scheme of things, like, you know, I'm working with hundreds of people and, you yeah. know, but it's to me, it's those moments. Like, yeah. you know, I re- when I first recorded a podcast, like one podcast, like you're doing right now, yeah. this is like an exceptional moment yeah. that will be a little moment in, in the ripple yes. to the bigger that are coming. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. and it just takes you know, one stone in the water to start yeah. that ripple and Definitely. that's it. Awesome. Mm-hmm. so where can people find you wow i feel like i'm everywhere right now <laughs> <laughs> um people can find me on instagram at megan luscombe underscore mm-hmm. they can find me on facebook at megan.luscombe australia and my website is uh au. awesome thank you so much for having me thank you for thank being you for being here. the um letting me be your first podcast this Yay! is see this is a little moment to celebrate right absolutely Yes. So thank you very much for having me.